0: Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whatever time of day it is when you may tune in. This is Minister Kay Mortimer with Covenant Truth Ministries, and this is today's episode. God bless you, and thank you for tuning in. Today we are in the book of Revelation, and we are going to begin Revelation chapter 11 today, and so I would like to read the first three verses, and we will discuss these today. Revelation chapter 11, verses 1 through 3. Then I was given a reed like a measuring rod, and the angel stood saying, Rise and measure the temple of God, the altar, and those who worship there. But leave out the court which is outside the temple, and do not measure it. For it has been given to the Gentiles, and they will tread the holy city underfoot for forty-two months, and I will give power to my two witnesses, and they will prophesy 1,260 days clothed in sackcloth. I want to speak about these verses today because here we're introduced to some more information that we need to understand the chronological things of this book. So let's just take a brief moment for review. We've seen according to the outline given to us in chapter 1, verse 19, that chapter 4, from chapter 4 forward, speaks of the things which shall be, the things which shall come and, and come to pass. And we saw that there was this seven seal scroll. We, we learned about these seals that are broken and these trumpets. We've seen how the seven seals have been broken open and six of the trumpets are done with the seventh one still coming. And we have seen that when the seventh one sounds, there will be no more delay. It will be, it's done. It's happening now. And the mystery of God will be completed. It will be finished. All of the judgments and all of the prophetic words will actually find their final fulfillment and their completion. So in chapter 11, we are given details. This is one of those long breaks, so to speak, in somewhat of the chronology of the book but they are not breaks or interruptions they actually fill in much of the details that we need to understand the other part of the chronology and what's going on during that time so we see john is given a measuring reed or a measuring stick and he is to measure certain things we are told the temple the altar and the area where the worshipers are, the worshipers that come. So this tells us that there is a third Jewish temple that will be standing at this time or that they are measuring in order to build at this time. But it is speaking of an actual third temple in Jerusalem. The Jews are longing for that third temple. They are longing to build it. They are excited. They are ready to go right now. They've got everything just about that they need. They are eager to do that, but they're not yet able to do it. But by this time, there will be something in place that will allow them to do that. Now, it could be in reference to this covenant that Daniel prophetically spoke about, that we looked at in those first four seals, and it could be in relation to that with the Antichrist maybe agreeing in some form or fashion to let them build their temple. We do not know if that's the case, but that may very well be something along those lines that has happened, but in some way, the Jews are given the okay to build this third temple. And so John is told he has to measure this temple, these areas. Notice that there's an area that he cannot measure. There's an area that's excluded. And that is the courtyard, the outside area. And he's told why, and it's because it's given to the Gentiles or to the Gentile nations. And it is under their control at this time. Now, much of the Temple Mount today is under Gentile control. It's not under Jewish control. But apparently, between now and this time, there will be some form of agreement, some form of covenant, some form of ability for the Jewish people to have a portion upon which they will build the Temple, but they're not going to be able to still have the outside area at this time. It's been given to the Gentiles, and it's under their control. Notice that there's a time limit mentioned here, and that is 42 months. The Gentiles will tread the holy city of Jerusalem for this 42-month time period. Now, you have to understand, these times are in 30-day months. The Jewish calendar was always built on a cycle of 30 days. So we see them being given this ability to tread this for 42 months, 42 30-day months. But power from God will be given. Power from him, of him, comes to two witnesses, we're told. And we will see more about these two witnesses in the next episode but we will see also how they're going to share God's heart. We talked a little bit about that in the last episode as we saw John having to eat the little book and the little book being both bitter and sweet. We're going to talk about the two witnesses and their mission. We're told here are some basics about it, that they will prophesy or they will speak for God. They will call the Jews back to the Lord, or try to, they will call them to repentance, just like the prophets of old did. They will be prophesying. Notice that they will be clothed in sackcloth. This is a mourner's garment. It signifies grief, great grief, and mourning, and lamentation. We see it used many times in other places for significant grief, and many times for grief over the Jews not following God's will, disobeying him, their hard-heartedness, their rebellion, their sin, and impending coming judgment. It reminded me of Jeremiah, for instance, when he wrote the book of Lamentations. And you will see that Jeremiah wore the sackcloth. He had a heart. He was called the weeping prophet. He had a heart that cared about God and that was so grieved because the people were forsaking the Lord. It's used for grief, mourning, and lamentations. So let's look at a couple of places that speak about this sackcloth and when it might be used or how it was worn and used at certain times. The first place I'd like to go is Jeremiah chapter 4 and I'd like to begin the reading in verse 1 of Jeremiah chapter 4. If you will return, O Israel, says the Lord, return to me, and if you will put away your abominations out of my sight, then you shall not be moved, and you shall swear the Lord lives in truth, in judgment, and in righteousness. The nations shall bless themselves in him, and in him they shall glory. For thus says the Lord to the men of Judah and Jerusalem, Break up your fallow ground, and do not sow among thorns. Circumcise yourselves to the Lord, and take away the foreskins of your hearts, you men of Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem, lest my fury come forth like fire, and burn so that no one can quench it because of the evil of your doings. Declare in Judah, and proclaim in Jerusalem, and say, blow the trumpet in the land, cry, gather together, and say, assemble yourselves, and let us go into the fortified cities, set up the standard toward Zion, take refuge, do not delay, for I will bring disaster from the north, and great destruction. The lion has come up from the thicket, and the destroyer of nations is on his way. He has gone forth from his place to make your land desolate. Your cities will be laid waste without inhabitant. For this, clothe yourself with sackcloth, lament and wail. For the fierce anger of the Lord has not turned back from us. And it shall come to pass in that day, says the Lord, that the heart of the king shall perish and the heart of the princes shall The princes shall be astonished, and the prophets shall wonder. So here we see this being a garment associated with great grief over their sin and the impending judgment and disaster that was declared on them at that time. Some of these verses, we believe, apply also even futuristic to the time of Revelation. There are elements that certainly apply to that prophetically speaking. But we see the garment of sackcloth being used for this great mourning over and grief over the fact that the land is being laid desolate and judgment is coming because of their sin and refusal to repent. They were called upon to turn back to the Lord to repent, but they did not do it. Then in Jeremiah chapter 6, I want to begin the reading in verse 22, and it says this, Thus says the Lord, Behold, a people comes from the north country, and a great nation will be raised from the farthest parts of the earth. They will lay hold on bow and spear. They are cruel and have no mercy. Their voice roars like the sea, and they ride on horses as men of war, set in array against you, O daughter of Zion. We have heard the report of it. Our hands grow feeble. Anguish has taken hold of us. Pain as of a woman in labor. Do not go out into the field, nor walk by the way because of the sword of the enemy. Fear is on every side. O daughter of my people, dress in sackcloth and roll about in ashes. Make mourning as for an only son, most bitter lamentation, for the plunderer will suddenly come upon us. So we see again the call to them because of their sin and impending judgment to dress in sackcloth. So these are some of the things this is associated with. So in Revelation chapter 11, John is being told about these coming witnesses being dressed in sackcloth, but he's also given some other information. First of all, he's told, he's handed a measuring rod and he's told to measure these areas regarding the temple, the temple, the altar, and the place where the worshipers are, that area where they will be. And we see similar accounts of measuring in Zechariah chapter 2. In one of Zechariah's visions, there's the measuring of Jerusalem for a later coming temple as well. And in that case, there will be a restoration and coming blessings. Then in Ezekiel, beginning in chapter 40, for several chapters, we see measuring For the millennial temple, this will be actually the fourth temple that will be built. And it will be the temple of the Messiah during his coming kingdom. So in Revelation 11, the measuring of this temple will be for the third temple. It will be built. We do not know exactly when it will be built, but it will be built in Jerusalem on the Temple Mount. Now, when the Bible here is speaking of the holy city, it is referring to Jerusalem. Jerusalem is the holy city. It is the city that God chose to put his name. So we're not talking about Rome or any other place. We are talking about Jerusalem. That is where this temple will be built. It will be built even with the Gentiles remaining in some form of control For the outer court area, at least. That is what we glean from this, from the plain reading of the scriptures. This is what we will call the tribulation temple or the antichrist temple. This is the one that the antichrist will come in, will try to set himself up as God, will defile it. And this temple will be ultimately replaced by the fourth temple, the millennial temple, that Ezekiel chapter 40 and beyond speaks of. I want to read Zechariah chapter 6 because Zechariah speaks of the coming millennial temple that will be raised up, will be built in Jesus' millennial kingdom or messianic kingdom. And in Zechariah chapter 6 verse 12 and 13 it says this, "...then Speak to him, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, saying, Behold, the man whose name is the branch, from his place he shall branch out, and he shall build the temple of the Lord. Yes, he shall build the temple of the Lord. He shall bear the glory, and shall sit and rule on his throne, so he shall be a priest on his throne, and the council of peace shall be between them both. Between both he and this Joshua that, that Zechariah is prophetically speaking to in this passage. So we're told here that Messiah, the same person whose name is the branch, and that's identified for us in Isaiah chapter 11, and it is Jesus the Messiah. And the Messiah whose name is the branch, Zechariah decrees, is going to build his temple. There will be a fourth temple built after this third one that we're reading about in Revelation right now. And that fourth temple will be built by the Messiah. Either he will build it himself or he will orchestrate it. He will be the master builder of it, etc. And it will be built and raised up and he will sit on his throne there and rule and reign as priest-king forever after the order of Melchizedek, forever priest and the priest-king after that order of Melchizedek. Now, I want us to kind of close out this session. I don't want to get into the two witnesses too much in this session because it will take more time than we have for today's session. But I do want to leave you with a few thoughts as we begin to draw to a close. First of all, we see two concurrent things that we are told are happening here at the same time. First thing we're told is that the Gentiles will have a certain amount of control in the city of Jerusalem and will be treading it underfoot for a period of time. Notice this. This will occur in the first half of the tribulation, but it will occur through a period of the entire tribulation. The first half of the seven years appears to be when this is going to happen, this rebuilding of the third temple and this time period of the ministry of these two witnesses. We remember this seven-year period that we typically call the tribulation Although, remember, there is a period of a gap between the time when the Lord calls the church out in Revelation chapter 4, 1, and the signing or ratifying, confirming of a covenant of supposed peace with the Jewish people and other nations that actually begins the countdown of the seven years. That's what starts the countdown of the seven years. And when we looked at the seal judgments, we saw that could be the fourth seal. We're not certain, but that appears to be perhaps when it is. So during this gap, there may be the first three seals being done. There may be this worship service in heaven and ceremony. Obviously, none of the tribulation can begin until the Lamb takes the scroll and begins to open the seals. So there. In this period of this gap, we believe it appears that those are the kinds of things that will happen. But once this person who is called the Antichrist, the false messiah, once he rises on the scene and comes into power to the point that he can sign or confirm, ratify this covenant with many, that's when the seven-year clock begins. And so in the seven years, we have it broken down by some different words. First, we have it broken down as the first half, three and a half years and three and a half years. Then we have other things that also designate the exact same time frame. Remember in the scriptures, it speaks of these months and they are 30 day months. So we also see references to it being divided into 42 months and 42 months, or three and a half years and three and a half years, or 1260 days and 1260 days. And always these are based upon 30 day months. So we will see this wording throughout in different places in Revelation and many of the other scriptures that we will look at. But just keep in mind that the total time period, once the covenant is confirmed, and that's what begins the time clock of seven years. Once that happens, you've got three and a half years, three and a half years, 42 months, 42 months, 1260 days, 1260 days, and all of those mean the exact same thing. During this first half or during this tribulation period, When the two witnesses will come on the scene, there are two things concurrently happening. The Gentiles will be treading underfoot Jerusalem for this time period. It means to trample, to trample on it, to desecrate, to treat it with insult and contempt and to advance upon. I want us to look at Luke chapter 21 and I want to read verse 24. And it says this, and they will fall by the edge of the sword and be led away captive into all nations. And Jerusalem will be trampled by Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. So Jesus here is beginning to speak prophetically about this time period that he calls the times of the Gentiles. What does that mean? Well, it began with the Babylonian captivity. And you can tie the scripture here and some other scripture passages in Daniel. It began with the captivity in Babylon for Israel. It is still ongoing today and will continue until it ends at Jesus' second coming when he will defeat his enemies. He will defeat the false messiah, the Antichrist, and he will usher in his reign. So the times of the Gentiles are still ongoing and they will continue until Jesus' second coming. Once the seven years begin, the times of the Gentiles are a part of that and will continue throughout that seven years until the Lord returns at the end of it. But also, during this first half of this tribulation remember this first three and a half years this first 42 months this first 1260 days at the same time we have God raising up two witnesses God giving forth two witnesses now these are one of the most intriguing parts of revelation and some of the most controversial We're not going to get into it for controversy's sake, but I do want to discuss this because the Lord does tell us and he does want us to understand certain things that he speaks about in scripture. So we want to look at that in the next episode. We want to talk about these two. We want to use what we can and realize what we can from scripture. We want to take what scripture has already told us to identify more about these and what in the world is their mission and purpose and also why are there two? So we're going to cover these questions in the next episode but notice here before we leave that they are wearing sackcloth. They are mourning and in grief because they are sent to prophesy to this rebellious people who have been continuing in sin and are now facing impending judgment. Just like Jeremiah was clothed in sackcloth and was weeping, Jeremiah was sharing God's heart because God's heart was broken that he had to pour out the judgment on his people because they refused to turn to him and repent. These two witnesses are wearing sackcloth for the same reason. They know that there's impending judgment, and yet they're sharing God's heart because God's heart is for them to repent, for the people, the Jewish people, and the people who will hear these two witnesses to listen to the message, to turn to him, repent, and be born again. They are mourning over the sin and the impending judgment that is to come. Beloved friend, as we've mentioned in the past, get saved today. We're still in that window at the time of this recording. You can get saved today. And none of this has to even apply to you because Jesus wants you and me and all of us to be a part of his family, to repent and call upon him and be saved. It will be very difficult during this time and judgment is coming but God has made a way and his name is Jesus. I pray that this is a blessing to you and that you can join us again for future episodes. God bless you in Jesus name. Amen.